to share with you. Uh, we're speaking about the Spirit Empowered Church. This is the sixth and last message. And we've been sharing about, as a church, how can we become Spirit Empowered? And we spoke about dead religion compared to the true faith. The true faith is where the presence of God and the Spirit of God is at work and involved. That's what, what makes our, our relationship with Jesus alive. It, it causes it to come to life. So I want to share with you this morning something I've, I've shared before or touched on many times, but I just really feel this is, this is so key. And it's basically about faith. It's about faith. If we want to be a spirit-empowered church, you need to have faith. So last weekend, Henny, Pastor Henny was here from Joburg, and he was sharing about uh, being connected to the vine. And he was sharing, uh, he asked this question, if you could ask God one thing, that you would want to change in yourself, what would that be? I was thinking, Lord, more faith and freak out less. Have you ever thought about that? I've been evaluating my life for the last six years and thinking what God has been doing in this church. And if I could do one thing differently, it would be I'd freak out less about issues or challenges or even people's problems or whatever is happening, because if I look at the bigger picture, God has been in control the whole time. He's been with us the whole time. But it's amazing how quickly, how quickly we lose our faith, our confidence. It's like you, last week was good, and suddenly something happens, and it like pulls the carpet out from under you, and suddenly you're like, anybody experienced that? Suddenly you're just doubting, you battling, you struggling, your faith has taken a knock. And so my prayer would be, God, if, if there's one thing that I would want you to do in me, to give me unshakable faith, that nothing would move me, no circumstance, no bad circumstances, nothing can shake my faith, but always stand strong. That's really my desire. Anyways, I want to I just pray for us quickly, but I want to I share about this. How can we increase our faith and why do we need faith? Why is it such a key component? Okay, I just want to pray for us. And Father, we commit this morning into your hands. And we pray for every heart here, Lord. Every one of us, God. Lord, you know where we are at. And we pray, Jesus, that you would come and release and increase in faith in each and every one of us. Lord, may we live by faith, not by sight. May we trust in you with all our hearts. So Holy Spirit, come and minister to every heart here. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So why, why faith? You know, when you would speak to atheists or people in the world, they would you know, often say faith is like a cop-out, you know. It's all about science. It's all about, you know, faith is like it's being silly. But what I've realized is, is without faith, I wouldn't have seen. I wouldn't have realized. I wouldn't have, have, have seen it if I didn't believe it. It's something about faith. It's like your spiritual senses come alive that you can see things you never saw before. It's the foundation of, the, of our walk with God. Faith. Why faith? Why faith? Why do we need faith? Because God wants to do for you and me what we can't do for ourselves. He wants to. He's good God. He wants to. He wants to bless us. He wants to provide for us. He wants to break through things for us. He wants to 
He wants to, to release blessing on us. That's his heart. But without faith, there's no connection. Faith is the connection with God's power. Faith is the connection with God's power. Come, let's, let's say it together. Faith is the connection with God's power. <laughs> Amen. Come on, we're going to wake you up this morning here. Come on. Faith is the connection with God's power. In other words, if you have much faith, you will have much power. You will be a spirit-empowered person. Much faith equals much, much power. Little faith equals little power. You know, the, the, as Christians, we're not called to be realistic. We are called to be supernatural. The, the supernatural component of the faith, for me, it's, it's at the heart of it. It's at the, at the core of it. Without the supernatural power of God at work in our lives, what is it? It's an empty, dead, dry thing. You're just going through the motions. If you can't hear His voice, if you can't experience His love, if you can't see His kingdom come in you and through you, what the heck is it? It's, it becomes dead religion. It becomes a bunch of laws and rules, and you're going through the motions, going through the processes. But God wants to release faith into our hearts, because when there's a lot of faith, there will be lots of power. Lots of power. That's what God wants to do in us. I want to read this verse. This, this, the, the context is there's a dad who has a crisis. His son has a demon. So the son is having epileptic fits, and the demon is casting the son into the fire and into the water. This demonic spirit is trying to destroy this child, and this dad doesn't know what to do. So the dad is trying everything. So the dad brought his child to the disciples. Jesus was on the mountain with two of the disciples. The others were in the valley. They brought the boy. The disciples tried, and they couldn't. They couldn't break through. They couldn't sort this thing out. Then Jesus comes. And then the dad asked this question. Okay, now this, this is about what Jesus says about faith. Mark 9, 23. Mark 9, 23. Please put the verse on. Mark 9, 23. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. When you say that, it's like, like the dad is like crying out to Jesus, Jesus, help me. Help us. I don't know what to do. Jesus' answer is, if you can believe. It almost seems like unloving. You know, you tell someone comes to you, they've got a crisis. Your answer to them is, if you can believe, then this is going to be sorted out. That's like, whoa, Jesus, come on, be nice. Be nice, Jesus. But Jesus is saying, if you can believe. So just think about any crisis, any challenge in your life. Or maybe as a parent, you've got a child who's sick. Or maybe you're trusting God for finances in your business or for your pers in your personal life. Or, or maybe you're trusting for a breakthrough in your marriage or in your relationships. Whatever it might be. Jesus says, if you can believe. If you can believe, let's say it, if you can believe. <laughs> the defining ingredient. So Jesus is saying, if you can believe, all things become possible. It's like all, 
previously with, without faith, you have you've limited options. But with faith, it's suddenly you have a hundred different solutions. You have options. Because suddenly you're being connected to God. You're becoming connected to God. Now, just later on, in the next verse, but in, a, in another gospel, is the same, same story. Matthew 17, 19. So Jesus actually casts out the demon. He sets the boy free. And then afterwards, the disciples ask him, why couldn't we? So look at that. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, or surely I say to you. Next verse. If your faith is a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, whatever obstacle you're facing, whatever is in your way, whatever is challenging you, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Just go to the first, the previous, just one slide up. So the disciples came to Jesus private and said, why could we not? And so the Lord highlighted this to me. So it's like, let's say, you say, okay, God, why could we not see this family member come to Christ? What is Jesus' answer? Because of your unbelief. Lord, why could we not see someone physically healed? Because of your unbelief. Lord, why couldn't I... See provision, supernatural provision, financial provision in this thing that I've endeavored in. Why could I not? Jesus is saying, because of your unbelief. Do you see that? So Jesus was speaking specifically about a, a demonic spirit, but I believe it's wider than that. In every part of our lives, we have challenges we face. Whatever it might be, the solution is faith. In an almighty, powerful God. Are you seeing it? You see, so often we say, well, I'm a victim of my environment. I'm a victim of the bad economy. I'm a victim of someone's bad decision. I'm a victim of my wife that just doesn't want to do this. I'm a victim of my husband. Or I'm a, a victim of my boss or my work environment. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. No, 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 you're not a victim of your environment. You're a victim of your bad belief. You're a victim of your bad beliefs. You see, what, what happens is we come to the Scriptures with a certain paradigm, an unbelieving paradigm. We read it with unbelief in our hearts, so we reinterpret it. But if we would come, if we would tackle the Scriptures with faith, saying, if God says it, it is so. And if you look across the world, the men and the women of God who changes the environment, the communities, who impact this world, people of faith. Raw faith, radical faith, fanatical faith. They like, they, they, they actually make you a little bit uncomfortable. Because you're, oh, it, ooh, just be balanced. <laughs> Have you seen anyone Balanced whose books are being read 200 years later, Christians who were balanced, nice and calm, calm down, nice and calm. No, it's the fanatics. It's the wild people. It's the people that make you uncomfortable. I, I, I was listening to this um, story by uh, Michael Brown. 
And we're speaking in the context of healing. And he says there was a, a, a mom with a little girl. And the little girl was, uh, they, I think they were in a car accident. And the girl was flung from the vehicle. And, and her, her head was crushed, op- well, were cut open. So the brains were like coming out. Little girl, two, three years old. And so the mom was trusting Jesus. But they went to the hospital. And the mom was fanatical. She was like, my child will live. Jesus will heal my child. Jesus will heal my child. Everyone's saying there's no chance. That, I mean, the brain's, the child's going to be like a vegetable. There's just no way. But there was, everybody was saying to her, calm down, calm down, calm down. But this mom said, no. I'm going to trust God for my child. For a miracle. For my child. And so she make, made a complete fool of herself before the staff, the doctors and the nurses and everybody. But she was, I will get out of my face. <laughs> Jesus will heal my child. And uh, Michael Brown shares a story over the next. There were a few miracles that happened. But there was in, every, every, every so many. Like, I, th- I think he said about a year and a half, two years later, he saw this little girl. And uh, she was running around. She was fine. The Lord miraculously healed the, the child. After everyone said she's going to be a vegetable. But there was like one or two things not 100% fine. And then the mom said, I'm still trusting. And then we saw it six months later, completely, completely healed, completely restored. But they just spoke to me. The, the, the fanatical side of, of our faith. Are you, are you okay? Are you, are you okay with being a victim? Are you okay with just life messing you around? Are you okay with, you know, not making it? I'm just thinking just in terms of, you know, just in terms of a wife, you know. I had to fight for my wife. I'm going to get all the stories, but when we were students, I had a word from God that this woman is my wife. And we were good friends, but she didn't feel about me like that at that time. She was just telling me over and over again, I don't love you like that. So I had like for three, four months, I was a fanatic. Maybe a stalker, I'm not sure. <laughs> but, but I had a word. In the natural, it didn't look so great. But I had a word from God, this woman is my wife. Okay, in general, it's not the way necessarily to go for it. But in my case... I had to. I had to have faith for this is the one. And now looking back, we are this incredible team that God is using. We are perfectly designed for one another. But it took faith to, to make it work at the start. You know? So I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to be a victim. You know, sometimes I feel if only people would act differently, then, um, then, I, then things, life would be much better. That's nonsense. That's living by sight. That's not living by faith. So, so, so where are you at? Are you, do, you, do you just accept life and what it throws at you? Or, or do you come to the scripture and say, God, well, I'm seeing in the scriptures as your child, as your son, or as your daughter, all things become possible. In other words, I can, through trust in you, through faith in you, your power can be released to turn the scenario around. It's only through fanatical faith. A little bit unbalanced faith that, uh, that I believe that's real faith. Real faith. 
Real faith looks a little bit weird because nobody else is seeing what you're seeing. But you're seeing it in the Spirit. So I want to encourage you. Trust God for faith. Trust Him for an increase in faith. For whatever it might be. It's just like, if you're trusting God for peace, you know, you can't give yourself peace. But He is the Prince of Peace. So if you put your faith in Him, He releases faith. He releases peace over you. Or maybe you're battling with sin. You're bound by self-destructive tendencies. How are you going to deal with that? You can't deal with it. You can't overcome it in your own ability. But He can because He is holy. And He releases a new nature into you. When what? When you put your trust in Him. I mean, last week, we've seen every Sunday night in the evenings, we've seen people physically healed. So last week, I was praying for someone. One of the visitors had a word that there was someone here with, with headaches. Yeah, yeah, headaches, cool. That's easy that we can do headaches. <laughs> so anyway, two people came forward. One student lady shared that she's been having like massive migraines. It's, it com- it's been completely in- incapacitating her. So in such a sense that she can't get off the bed, she's like, I'm dead. You know, like that type of incapacitated, just serious, serious migraines. I didn't even ask her if she was feeling any pain in the moment. Anyway, so I was praying for her, praying that God would touch her. And then suddenly her eyes went like big, like, I'm like, what is it? <laughs> What's happening? So I'm asking, well, what are you feeling? And she said, no, nothing. Well, why are you like? Why are your eyes going like, like that? Uh, something's happening. She said, no, 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 no pain. So she was having pain, and then her eyes went big because no pain. There's no pain. I think that was so cool. So anyway, no pain. But I, but I, but I realized that, that, that the faith connection, with, that God, you are the answer to this thing. Whatever is the issue, I don't even know what the issue is, but you are the answer. All things become possible to him who believes. Last week also I had a word that God's going to set people free from self-destructive tendencies. Some people came forward and one of the ladies has really been battling for a long time with lots of stuff. WhatsApp me later in the evening said she had this massive breakthrough. Massive breakthrough. Because God is that connection. God, God is the solution. But you need faith. So... Uh, if you can read the Gospels, how often Jesus comes and he tells someone, they ask, please heal me. I'm blind, I want to see. Or, or things like that. Then Jesus' answer would be, let it be done to you according to what? To your faith. To your faith. And it feels, I think when we read the scriptures, what we're reading there, we sort of reinterpret it because it feels so foreign, so out there. Compared to our lifestyle of unbelief, we have an unbelieving culture, an unbelieving environment in terms of our society. So anything that's like real faith is like, whoa, that's like wild. But it should be the norm. It should be the norm. Okay, so faith. All things become possible to him who believes. Let's say it. All things become possible. To him who believes. Come on. You need faith. We need faith. The, the war is for our faith. I experience this over and over again. Every, anytime there's issues or challenges, we need faith for our children. We need faith for our spouses. We need faith so that the kingdom of God can come and touch them. You're not a victim. 
So it's like you, have an, you and I have an access card. I need an access card. Oh, yes. Pin code, gold. We've got a gold card here, pin. On the past, you must tell me the truth. <laughs> this represents faith. It is your access card to the fullness of God, to everything that God is through faith. Do you know what the enemy tries to do? He tries to come and grab it out of your hand. He comes to grab it. <laughs> so he comes from behind while you, while you passively come, JP, come stand behind me, brother. J- <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a little bit aggressive. That's a bit aggressive. But you like, you like, you're not focusing. You're not, you're not focusing on the main thing. You're like, ah, oh, you know, chilling, you know, and then not focusing on faith. Not focusing on faith. Not realizing this is your access card to everything, and the the devil is right behind you. He's trying to do stuff, you know. And so if you're not focused. You know, it, it, can, it, can just, it can just disappear <laughs> like that. Because I want to agree with what Pastor Henny said last week. We, we focused on the scoreboard. We focused on the doing that we're forgetting that there's something more important. Your faith, your connection, your God connection. He spoke about being connected, plugged into the vine, being connected. I want to I say that your faith is your connection to God. And his fullness. If you have faith, you're connected. But if the enemy comes and he, and he, and he grabs your faith, you're massive trouble. You're dead. As a Christian, you're dead. You're disconnected from the fullness of God. And so you need to fight for your faith. You need to fight for your faith. Well, let's just talk about like provision in the natural. Can God provide for you supernaturally? Can he? Do you believe he can? Yes, he can. But sometimes we doubt if he wants to for me. We ask ourselves the question, why would he for me? And why would he if it's not been going so well for so long? I've not been seeing the provision of God in my life. So obviously God isn't the provider and he doesn't want to provide for me. Right? No. The length of time that you've been battling with something means nothing. It doesn't change who God is. The challenge is your faith. Your challenge is to keep trusting. Your challenge is to have the level of faith where you can access the fullness of God. All things become possible to him who believes. Well, nothing becomes possible to him who doesn't believe. So if your faith gets stolen, you're disconnected. You're disconnected. So you need to fight for your faith. There's a war. There's a battle for your faith. There's a contention for your faith. So how does the enemy try and steal it? How does he try and steal our faith out of our hands? Well, through negative things that's happened. Well, we haven't been seeing the provision of God for X amount of years. What is the effect of that on your, on your faith? It steals your faith if you don't fight for it. Or you've been battling physically for many years. You've, you've had some form of disease and you have not seen that breakthrough. You've been prayed for many, many, many times. But it's like, it just is not working. What does it do? You, you, you tend to lose your faith in that area of your life. 
or other failures or things, bad things happen and immediately we allow those things to communicate to us, it's not for you. It's not for you. It's not for you. No. It actually impacts our faith. But it's lies. The enemy sells us lies. I believe this is one of the hardest things in life is to protect your faith and to allow your faith to keep growing despite negative circumstances you're experiencing. Faith. Okay, so, so the Apostle Paul, he speaks about how he, how he lives. He says in Galatians 2.20, Galatians 2.20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I do what? I live by faith. Let's say it, I live by faith. In the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The Apostle Paul is saying, I live by faith. Everything the Apostle Paul did was by faith. Because of his trust in Jesus. He lived by faith, not by sight. And then, I, don't think, I heard someone say this, is just so powerful. He says, we're not called just to believe in Jesus. We are called to believe like Jesus. I think that's so powerful. We're not just called to believe in Jesus. It's a good starting point. Saying, God, I'm surrendering my life to you. I, am, I believe in you. But it's a different level when you say you start to believe like Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, trusted his Father with all his heart. Jesus got up in the mornings early and he prayed. What was he praying about? What was he praying for? I would say there's two things that Jesus, the impact of his prayers. First of all, he prayed to connect with God. So that that in the vine that Pastor Henny spoke of last week, he prayed to be connected but also, I think his prayer led to faith for the day. I want to I hold this before you. If you want to pray for something, pray for faith. The, 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 the disciples spoke to Jesus and said, Lord, increase our faith. In other words, you have a mountain in front of you. You have a challenge, whatever it might be. Finances, relationships, your internal peace, or maybe there's stuff you're battling with. Don't pray about those things. Don't pray about those things. Pray for faith for whatever you're facing. You need to listen now. Don't pray about the mountain. Don't pray about the challenge. Don't pray about the issue primarily. Pray for yourself, for faith, for the challenge. This is critical. You need faith because when you have faith, then you can pray and the mountain will move. So many of us pray and pray and pray and pray. We pray and pray and pray and pray. But actually, we're just under a, a yoke of unbelief. It's not a yoke of faith. It's like, God, money, 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 money. And Lord, where is it going to come from? Or Lord, how are we going to do this? Or, God, how are we going to do that? And I've been there so many times in my life, praying for all these things, but I realize I don't have faith for the things. So my prayers are ineffective. My prayers are powerless. I'm, I'm wasting my time going around the mountain. I don't have faith. You must first get faith so that you can, so that you can then pray effectively into the situation. So the Apostle Paul is saying there, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. 
Christ lives in me? How would you feel if you were having to face a significant challenge and Jesus Christ would be standing right next to you? Like you, you trust in God for a breakthrough in some area and suddenly Jesus himself walks through the wall and he's saying, I'm here. I'm going to help you now. I'm going to give you your breakthrough. Would you feel confident? Yo, I would feel, yeah. Facebook status update. Jesus walks through my wall. And we're going to see some things happen now. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be very confident. The Apostle Paul says, Christ, I've died, but it's now Christ who lives in me. I've shared this before. It's now, it's now a, a U.S. Open tennis season again. And I was just thinking about, I've used this example before, but it's just so powerful. Anybody plays tennis here? A few of us. Okay. Probably like, you know, so, so if you'd say, if you really had to step out on what level of tennis would you be able to go for it? You know, club level, what level? You know, there's a certain level you think you could maybe, if you really practice hard, you could reach that. Okay. Anybody that we think that we can take to the U.S. Open right now into a final and uh, would you be intimidated? I would be intimidated out of my mind. Freaked out. I'm freaked out. <laughs> but imagine you on that, that you on that tennis court. You're standing there just before you're freaked out. Say, God, help me. And then the spirit of Novak Djokovic comes upon you. Yeah, well, I can split almost now. I can do anything. I am fast. I am strong. I am focused. I kill you. But imagine that the spirit of Novak Djokovic comes upon you and everything that he is comes upon you and you can now live accordingly. You can now play tennis as he plays. Wow. Sounds amazing. You know, when, when I look at the Christian life, I think Henny said it last week, the Christian life isn't, isn't hard. It's impossible. The Christian life isn't hard. It's impossible. It's like you, you're on club level tennis, and suddenly it's like, whoa, US Open final. I need to like go for this thing now. I don't know how to do this. I can't heal someone. I can't deliver someone. I can't make money appear out of the air. I don't know how to do this. I am out of my league. I am freaked out. But the Apostle Paul says, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So the Spirit of Jesus Christ comes upon you, and suddenly you can do things that you never thought possible. The Spirit of Christ. I mean, let's get out of just the nice theology. Let's talk practically. That's what it's saying. But Christ lives in me. And it changes the game. So when I pray for someone, it's not my hands touching them. When I am full of faith, and the grace of God therefore rests upon me, it's not me touching you, it's Jesus touching you. Christ in me, through me, to you. It changes the whole game. 
There's just like, we have such a culture of unbelief. Some of us even battle just to pray in a small group in front of two or three people. That's like, and we've seen people in church coming in, they're like, I can't even pray in front of two people. Those same people have now spoken in front of hundreds of people, sharing their testimonies and, and preaching and things like that. This massive change has happened. What has changed? Christ has come to dwell on the inside. Faith has come. So how do you grow in faith? How do you grow in faith? You on this level of tennis, how do you grow in faith? Well, don't gun for the U.S. Open just yet. Just go for another level up outside of your league. Outside of your league. Step out in faith. Trust God for something that is out of your league. Okay, God, I'm going to, this Sunday, someone's going to come forward. I'm going to go pray for them. Come on. If that's out of your league, go for it. (laughs) Go for it. Step out. I have seen this over and over again. The only way you can get to U.S. open level faith is you need to go through the ranks. So you build up. You step out and you see, oh, it worked. Now you get to that level. Your faith has increased. Okay. What's the next thing? What's the next? I need some, 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 something hard. You know, then you go for the next thing and you see God moving and coming through. And so your faith increases. I spoke two weeks ago about this. Where the Lord said, if you obey, he spoke to Abram and said, because you've obeyed my voice, I'm going to bless the nations through you. So, uh, so, so, um, Abram, sorry, he spoke to Abram and said, if you obey my voice, I will, I will impact the nations through you. But how do you, how do you obey the voice of God without faith? You can't. So there's this stepping out, this moment where, as, the, as, as with Abram, he grew to that point of faith. He said, God, I trust you even with surrendering my child unto you. Faith. And so God says, because you've obeyed my voice, because you had trusted me, you obeyed my voice. I'm going to impact nations through you. So I want to encourage you. Unbelief disconnects us with God. Faith connects us. Start small, but start somewhere. Start somewhere. Let me just read the next verse. I'm going to end off with this. John 14, verse 12. John 14, verse 12. It says, most assuredly, this is Jesus speaking. Now, this, this scripture freaks most people out. This just can't be. It blows your mind. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, he who believes in me. Let's say it. He who believes in me. Okay. The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Jesus, are you serious? So you're saying he who believes in you will do the same works that you did and even greater. Does it seem way out there? Impossible even? How do you know when you have real faith? How do you know when you have real faith? When you begin to do what Jesus did. That's real faith. And I believe it's available to the anybody, the anyone, the anyone, the anyone. So you must just take it. You say, right, I'm over here. I'm going to take that next step. I'm going to step out. 
I'm going to trust you. I want to say to you that there are areas of all of our lives where we have lost hope. There are areas in all of our lives we have, we have let go of faith in those areas. I want to encourage you this morning to take that back. I want to encourage you to say, well, in that area I, have, I, have, I, I, I no longer have faith. I no longer have hope. I want to I release life over that area of your being today in Jesus' name. Maybe it's just you need faith for your marriage. Maybe you just need faith for God to bring restoration in your marriage, in your relationship. This is God's strength to soften hearts and to bring new life into it. Next week we're going to speak about friendship on fire. But I want to release this over you. I really feel this is a word for some of us. To, to, to find faith again in an area of your life where you have lost faith. So it says there, he believes in me. And then the last verse, verse 13. Next one. Next one. Next one. Go down. Go down. Yeah, yeah. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Let me I just go back two slides. I want to read this quote to you by Steve Backland. How do you get faith? This quote speaks of this. Go up. Okay. Often people spend much effort and time praying over a circumstance, hoping that time and quantity of prayer will bring the desired result. The hope is that perhaps faith will increase through this effort, and thus the prayer will be answered. This kind of thinking implies that faith is built by the amount of time and energy expended. Are you still following me? We need to understand that faith does not come through our effort. Faith is a result of what we know. Our measure of faith will increase in proportion to the revelation we have of God's character, His love, and His promises toward us. Okay, a few weeks ago, just to end off, a few weeks ago I shared about there's a tree. A tree of evil that grows forth from what? From sin. If there is sin, then evil grows forth. And that, that tree is like a tree of evil with bad fruit. I want to sh- share with you there's another tree. It's a tree of faith. You have the word of God that's a seed. and You plant it in your heart and you and you, the Holy Spirit comes and brings revelation to you of who God is. He is good. He is powerful. He loves you. He is able to do beyond anything you've ever imagined. And as you hold on to that word and as revelation grows in your heart, that tree grows and grows and grows. And that's a tree of faith. The greater your tree of faith, the more fruit you're going to bear. The more your faith, the more fruit the bigger the tree of faith, the more fruit will manifest in your life. You, you won't have to even try. It will just happen. Faith will always translate into action. Amen. So, if you remove sin, the tree of evil will wither. But if you add faith, if you add the word of God and revelation, there's a tree of faith that's going to grow, and you're going to get the grace to overcome whatever thing you are facing. Any thought you have 
that doesn't lead to an increase in hope is being influenced by a lie. Any thought that you have that doesn't increase your hope levels is being influenced by a lie. So in terms of finances, are your thoughts increasing hope? Which connects you to God, increases your faith so that you can get that breakthrough? Or have you lost hope in that area? Or maybe in your personal life, areas of sin or, 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 or bondages in your life that you need breakthrough from. Do you have hope? Do you believe God is able? How big is your God? How big is your God? Is he able? And we'd say, yes, he is. But you need to trust God to increase in faith in that area.